This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, who is ASE certified. Hello, Allison, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You've, we've been away for a while, and you've been extra busy racing places and doing things and Building machining engines. things. <laughs> if you all don't follow Allison on uh, social media, do go to Facebook and Look for the Lady Auto Mechanic. Allison's got lots of interesting posts about, I don't know, drilling things and cleaning out things and getting dirty and fixing up cars. Yep. And you can follow my personal page, too, which has a lot of interesting things. You don't have to be friends with me to follow someone on Facebook. Um, And and that has a lot of stuff on it. That's my personal stuff, like building my engine right now for my my race car, I guess you could call it, and and stuff like that. Fun things that I'm doing. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. Today, we're going to talk about blind spots, but that's just between your vehicle repair question calls. We have this show as a as a vehicle haha as a vehicle for answering your questions and so that's what uh, we want to do and you know let's go ahead we've already got a call let's take this call and go to elizabeth in memphis elizabeth thanks for calling in today go ahead hi good morning i have a chrysler pacifica that i've owned for two winters now and the sliding doors when it's cold don't always want to stay shut and I am planning to move before next winter into northeast Tennessee and we'll be traveling into the mountains in North Carolina and I'm thinking do I need to just get a new vehicle that doesn't have sliding doors because when it's cold I, I don't seem to be able to rely on them to work. Oh well, I'm, I'm sorry you're having that problem. The the little niggling problems, electronic problems that Chrysler Dodge have, uh, we kind of constantly hear about on this show. And as it turns out, Liz and I both have a Dodge van, and we have lots of problems with ours. Um, so yeah, it's so it's a common problem, common area of problem is electronic problems with with Chrysler products. Um, probably what's happening on it is the computer itself is reading wrong um, or a sensor is reading wrong. If you're lucky, it would just be a sensor to replace. But what I would do is take it to an automotive electrical shop that specifically does electrical on automotive cars and have them have a look at it. Um other than that, you could try a Dodge dealership with that if it's something, or, you know, Chrysler Dodge dealership, if it's something that they've dealt with before, you know, kind of fill them out and ask them the same way you've asked us and see what they say if it's a common problem on there. Um, Elizabeth, I'll tell you what I do. I have a 2006 a Dodge Grand Caravan and the locks work they don't work electronically you have to you have to actually push the button down and you know sometimes with the dog sometimes they'll open the 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 gates the, they have the uh, electric sliding gates so sometimes the door the the dogs will push on that or sometimes you you will push the button to electronically close it and it'll close it but then it'll open it back up up again yes, so yes. I just kind of 
personally just live with it and deal with it and then always make sure that the doors are locked. And I just close it with my arm most of the time. Okay. Personally, now this is not a repair person, but I love the convertibility of my Dodge van with the lay flat seats and I also don't want to have to buy a new vehicle so I just I just kind (laughs) of live with it and you know when when I look at things I also think well the more bells and whistles on a vehicle the more bells and whistles there are to break but uh I just kind of live with mine. But, yes, a lot of times if you push the remote or if you're in the uh, driver's seat and you push the button to electronically close the doors, some you know, it's a 50-50 shot. Sometimes it'll close <laughs> and stay closed. Other times it'll, like, bump and then back up and open again. Yes. I, I know on oh, my Dodge van, I had to disconnect all the, the locking uh, mechanisms in it that were electronic and have to do it all by hand on it. But mine didn't have the electronic open doors in 1999, so I don't have to deal with that. But I had to disconnect all the electronic parts of the door <laughs> and live with it. <laughs> um, Another option. Well, I, I appreciate y'all feeling my pain. And yes. Through that. <laughs> good, good, good luck, luck on your move. Move and I, I hope we wish you well. Thank you very much. All right. We're going to talk about blind spots later in the hour when we get some time to talk, but we've gotten some more phone calls. So let's go ahead and go to Corinth. Mike, thanks for calling in today. Go ahead. Uh, yes, this is actually a question about blind spot monitors. Uh I own a 2009 Prius, and we just bought my wife a 2015 Prius also. Uh, is is there any way you can have someone put an aftermarket blind spot monitor on your car? That's a good question. I don't think they've come out with anything like that yet. I'll look it up in the, when we have a break on the show, and we'll talk about it if I find something. So um, keep listening uh, for the show on the show today. But there's there's nothing electronic that I've heard of besides just the little blind spot mirrors that you can buy. If you're familiar with those, that help you see a wider view on the side of the vehicle. And, yeah, so we had, mm-hmm. we had talked about getting that. She was also interested in uh, other features like uh, lane departure and so forth, if there's any aftermarket for that also. As far as I know, there's not right now. I, I don't think anyone has demanded those. Um, so I don't think it's, it's it's been anything like that. But I'll look up. I'll just kind of snoop around a little bit and see if I see anything when we take a break. And and I'll announce it on the air if I find anything. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Mike. Now, let's get to some terminology that a blind spot in a vehicle is an area around the vehicle that can't be directly observed by the driver while at the controls under existing conditions. Now, there's all kinds of gizmos and gadgets maybe uh, for for your mirrors or other technical solutions can also eliminate or help with some of the blind spots. And for trucks, for semi-trucks, they call that the nose zone. And there's several areas around a large truck where the driver can't see 
and on you know on our interstates that's where a lot of collisions happen is because there's little tiny cars in great big semis no zones so what are some of the reasons that that, that there are blind spots in cars well you have the a pillar on it which is what the windshield is attached to and that's a blind spot area and behind you you have your headrest you have your b pillar your c pillars that are further down the car and your seats in the ways um so those are things that all get in the way and make it where you can't see behind you very well mainly your c pillar and your b pillar so some things you can control you if if people aren't using it you could smoosh the headrests down or if you're transporting stuff you could have the stuff low enough but then other things that um that you you can't um just manual you can't just eliminate Um, we'll get to we'll talk with Mike. you know look at mike's things about the electronic blind spot eliminations later but so some of us who don't have the gadgets let's start with uh, the side view mirrors what are some things we can do with our side view mirrors uh you know and this is this is God bless my son. He's lost three side view mirrors on his Saturn. I don't know how that happened. My jaw dropped. Yes, for people that know. So how does that happen? He says he doesn't know. But uh, what 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 are some tricks? How can you adjust your side view mirrors so that you can uh, part mostly eliminate blind spots? One thing you can do is lay your head against the windshield on the left and adjust your mirror to where you can only see a slight little bit of your car and then take your head and lean it back to the right and put it over the center console and adjust that mirror to where you can only see a little bit of the car. And then when you sit back in position, you should be able to see a lot more of your blind spot. You'll be able to see, you should be able to see the rear of a car that's in your blind spot area. So that should help a lot. To, so adjust your mirrors to where that you can see a lot, lot better. I, I, I do that. The husband doesn't. And, you know, whenever we both drive our cars equally, we have two cars, two drivers, and we interchange a lot. And we're always having to readjust mirrors and seats. And he thinks I'm just crazy for having my mirrors that way. But I love it because then I don't feel like I have a blind spot and I, I check them, but it also helps you from having to actually turn your head to look over because right. when you actually turn your head, you don't have any peripheral vision at the front. You're, right. you're you're taking your eyes off the road. Right. Um, so let's before we go to our our break, tell us what would be good procedures for driving for changing lanes while you drive. Before changing the lanes, check the inside mirror to make sure nobody is coming from the rear. That's a good quick look, and that's something I I kind of constantly do that as I drive anyway to kind of know what's behind me is looking in the rearview mirror. Then glance at the outside mirror to see whether anyone is in your blind spot area. If it's all clear, you can change lanes. When it talks about glancing at the at the outside mirror to see whether anyone is in your blind spot, that's when your mirrors are adjusted really well. Um, another thing you can do is is something that I tell my students when I'm teaching them how to drive is to do a shoulder check and it's just quickly turn your head and put your your 
chin almost on your shoulder, whether it's to the right or the left, to check your blind spots when you're doing lane changes or you're merging into traffic. And I would tell them as they're driving, shoulder check, shoulder check, and that's just a quick turn. And I tell them, do not turn your body, just turn your head and make sure you shoulder check. Because I see them, that's one of the first things that I usually see new drivers do doing and old drivers actually too is not actually physically looking back and seeing what's behind them or what's beside them all right well we're going to continue our discussion of blind spots when we come back from our break if you have a problem with your vehicle allison would love to help steer you in the right direction that's why she volunteers to come here each week so call us at 1-877-MPB-RING that's one 1- You could also send us an email to our address auto at mpbonline.org. Because of the holidays, we've been gone for a while, so we have quite a list of cars that are under recall, and we'll have that list when we come back from this break. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I am Liz Gill. Now, if you can't listen to our show all the way through live, do find our podcast. Remember, podcasts are just some kind of recorded audio. That's all a podcast is. Podcast, podcast. It's just listening to recorded audio. So you can listen to our past broadcasts on podcast on your smart speaker. Who's got one of those Amelia's or a Google Home or something? You just ask it for tune in. TuneIn is um, a radio app thing. Just ask for TuneIn, and that can help you listen to AutoCorrect. Now, we have some recalls for the past few weeks. Now, some of these are as simple as a new page in your owner's manual to your car could catch on fire if you don't get this fixed. So it's always a good idea to check periodically for your vehicle's Recalls. Right now, we know about the 2017-19 Ford Super Duty, the 2013-2015 Volkswagen Jetta Hybrid, and then also various Volkswagen Passat, Golf, and Audi A3, the 2019 Cadillac CT6, Chevrolet Silverado 1500, GMC Sierra 1500, the 2019-2020 Chevrolet Silverado 1500, 
the Sierra, I just read all of that, the 2020 Porsche 911, the 2014 and 16 and 2018-19 Porsche Cayman 911, the 2019 and 20 Mazda 3, the 2019 and 20 BMW 5 and M5 and the M8, the 2006 to 2010 Ford Fusion, Lincoln MKZ, and Mercury Milan, the 2018-19 Chrysler Pacifica, the 20, 2005 and 6 Dodge Viper, couple more here, 2015-18 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250, Mercedes-AMG CLA 45, the 2019 to 2020 BMW 3 Series, and the 2001 to 2011 Mercedes-Benz C-Class CLK CLS E-Class. So you can find out if your car has a past recall. These are just the recalls that were issued in the last four weeks. You know, if you have a 2000 vehicle, you've got 20 years of recalls possibilities. So you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, and in putting your VIN number. Um Allison, remind everybody where they can find their VIN number. You can find it on your windshield by the driver's side on the bottom. Or you can open up the door and there's a little label there that has all kinds of information on it, including your VIN number. It has the weight of your car and other things where it's manufactured and that sort of thing. And it'll have a long uh, numbers mixed with letters on there, 14 digits long. Well, and also, everybody, clean out your glove box and check to see. It should be on your insurance, insurance card. card and yes. throw away all those old yeah. insurance cards yeah. <laughs> so you can find your insurance card fast if you need it. We've been talking about blind spots this hour, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You could send an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. Allison, did you find anything from Mike who wondered if there were any aftermarket blind spot equipment he could put on his 2009 Prius? Yes, I did. It looks like there's some things available. Um, some of them that popped up, of course, were on Amazon and eBay. But it looks like they have a sensor that detects it, and, and it'll have an indicator light that, that you put in your car on your A-pillar is where it had it in the, the diagram. And it will indicate that you have someone in your blind spot. So that's pretty neat, something you can add aftermarket. It, and it ranged in price. It was averaged around $60. So that's pretty good if you're... Um, prone to not checking well or, or you want to be safer, that might be a good option for you. As far as lane change assist and that sort of thing, that was kind of lumped in with the blind spot detection system that I found online. Um, other than that, the cruise control systems that help you stay away from cars in front of you, and I, I didn't find anything on, on those. But for the blind spot detection and lane change assist, that they did have a system for that that you can buy aftermarket. Also, um, you brought this up in the break that 
you can get uh, components. If you have a car that is the one of the lower trim models and it doesn't come with the blind spot features but yet it has that for your a car in the in an upper trim level you may can have those added to your car fairly easily and that may be your better option for adding um, lane change assist or whatnot to your car with these new systems so if you have a lower trim level car and it's in it but it has it on the upper trim level you may can get it that way too all right. Thanks, Allison. Um, let's go back and talk a little bit more about blind spots. Truck, semi-trucks, those big tractor-trailer trucks have no zones. What are N-O? What are no zones? And the, where are they? For the big 18-wheelers, no zones are directly in front, directly behind, and along each side, especially on the right side of the 18-wheelers. If you cannot see the truck driver's reflection in his or her side mirror, you are in the truck driver's blind spot and they cannot see you. If you stay in those blind spots, you block the trucker's ability to take action to avoid a dangerous situation. Okay. So, so those are you not only need to worry about your blind spots, you need to worry about everybody else's blind spots. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I imagine that goes for big trucks too or big trucks pulling trailers. Um, which it, we see a lot in the South, I guess is what I'm saying. Because this, this is not city driving. Um, most most of us live kind of rural, or what I would consider rural. And there's a lot of people pulling trailers and 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 that sort of thing. And they have blind spots too. And they um, so just keep an eye out for them. You don't want them to hit you with their trailer. I've had it almost happen before. So. Oh yikes, Michelle, do you want to be part of our conversation? Yes, I have a question. I was thinking here, blind spots is one of my pet peeves. I know a lot of people don't like them, but I'm teaching my 16-year-old the concepts of driving, and so when we're driving, every scenario is an opportunity to teach her not to do or to do. So when we're driving and merging on the highway, and I'm looking behind me a little bit, she says, you're turning around and looking to see what, but you should be looking in front of you. And I said, I know, but when you're looking in rearview mirror, she said, well, that's what your mirror is for, isn't it? I say, yes, but my mirror does not give me that blind spot. So when I'm looking in my mirror and I'm looking and I don't see a person, I always turn around, physically turn. But I didn't think about that. When I'm physically turning around, if someone stopped abruptly in front of me, so I kind of do it real quick. I look and I'm looking in front. I'm looking, I'm looking in front. But it really is dangerous when you do that. That's why I love having, uh, setting my mirrors this uh, funky new way where you actually, while you're sitting in the driver's seat, I made my husband do this this morning. You lean your head against the driver's door window and touch your head to the window and then adjust that mirror so that you sight down the side of the car. And then when you sit up, when you look, it looks different, but it looks where you can in the blind spot and then you have to remember that kind of feeling and lean over to the right to adjust the mirror that way. And that does a much better job of eliminating the blind spot. You still have to use your peripheral vision because now your mirrors have changed a little bit, but that's why you have to, you know, check the mirror inside the car first, then check the mirror to the side and after both of those are okay, then you can make your change. Yeah. 
you may be turning too much, Michelle. That may be what's going on. Because when I tell my students, I tell them to shoulder check and say, make it quick, you know, and just quick, quick, little quick glance. I guess because I have... I'm knock on wood. I haven't been in an accident this way, but when you think there's nothing there, especially merging yeah. on the highway for some reason, and you think that nothing's there, and then that's that car right there, and yeah. you know that scares me to death. So I do, I do the turn and a look and a turn and a look, and I just say, God forbid, someone in front of me, especially in five o'clock traffic yeah. and heavy congested times, uh, it's dangerous. It's it is no dangerous. Easy way. Well, I was surprised. My brother and sister-in-law lived in. England for a little while and had to get a a driver's license there. And there, they told her to check your rear view mirror every three seconds so that you are spatially aware of where all the cars are. And, you know, you're driving, you're driving, check the mirror. You're driving, you're driving, check the mirror. You're driving, you're driving, check the mirror so that you know what's going on all the time. Okay. We're going to, in the next segment, we'll talk about some of the technologies for doing blind spots because that's our topic for today. But we want to hear from you. Does your vehicle have these blind spot warnings? We would love to hear what you think about it. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions after our break. Our number is one 877 mpb ring That's one 877 672-7464. You could also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We have one, Allison. It's about the throttle body cleaner. And so we want to know what owners think about the blind spot warnings in their cars. We'll get to that after the break. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. And hey, we thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you could click the support button and make a contribution. We really rely on contributions to maintain our towers, our stations, and purchase national programming. Those folks on the coast, they're a little bit sad right now. We need some work done on our tower for it to transmit enough power. They're having to listen a lot through the app and through the stream because uh, we need to fix our tower but they have to make the antenna they have to go get someone to fabricate it and then climb up three thousand feet 
to uh, <laughs> stick it in there. So wow, it, yeah, it's it's something. Okay, so here's something a little different. Consumer Reports conducted a survey of members to rate their experiences with the Advanced Safety Driver Assist systems on their model year cars. 2015 to 2019, which covered about 72,000 vehicles. The most satisfying systems, according to Consumer Reports members, were Jeep, Lexus, and Genesis. I've never even heard of Genesis. Hyundai. Oh. Hyundai Genesis. So I guess it's a line. It's okay. like how the new Do- the new Dodge Ram trucks are just called Ram now. Oh, okay. Which All right. Weird. The least satisfying BMW, Volkswagen, and Tesla. And this was oh. for the advanced safety and driver assist systems. Hmm. Okay, That's so anyway, carcomplaints.com is a resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. And he's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. He's We've, ba- we've been, been gone for a while, so he's done the 2020 Ram 1500 Echo Diesel, the 2020 Jaguar XE. Here you go, the 2019 Genesis G80. And he's also talking about the 2020 Indy Auto Show. We've been talking about blind spot warning systems. Do you have one? What do you think? We would love for folks to uh, participate with us. But first, let's go to Biloxi. Danny is calling in. Danny, tell us uh, your experiences driving about blind spots. Well, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Um, First of all, I'm a retired truck driver, uh, over 40 years of service, and somewhere in the neighborhood of 3.5 million safe miles under my belt. Wow. And the reason for my call is, you know, folks have have a tendency not to understand trucks, and they go, well, trucks cause all these accidents, and it's a proven fact that somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 some odd percent of those accidents are the direct or cause of the four-wheeler. I'm not trying to place blame, but most of the time it's because drivers are not paying attention. You know, you get, I see people going down the highway and they're fixated. Their eyes are straight forward. They never look right. They never look left, you know, or they have a cell phone, God forbid, in their hand or up to their ear. Uh, but my, my the reason I said about blind spots is, you know, there's on the back of trucks, you'll see things that say, you know, if I can't, you know, if you can't see my mirrors, I can't see you. That's true. But just because I, you do see my mirrors doesn't necessarily mean I do see um, drivers, even truck drivers. You know, we spend eight, nine, ten hours, you know, behind the wheel. You're safer if you're going to pass a truck to pass them on the driver's side. More accidents occur when you try to pass a truck on the right side right side of a, of a truck is absolutely the worst place to be and for god's sakes do not hang out alongside of a truck if you're going to pass pass but don't ride alongside them that's that's you know if there's a sudden emergency and the driver has to make a, a correction you're going to be right in the middle of it uh when he's making a turn you know coming up the signal to turn don't try to squeeze into the you know in between them and the turn because you get in a blind, he doesn't see you, and he'll run right over you. 
the thing of it is, is I, I guess for all the detectors and stuff in the world, you're the best detector when it comes to blind spots. Keep your eyes moving. Don't fixate, you know, and, and check your mirrors. And what we call it is basically sweep right, sweep left. Constantly keep your eyes in motion, you know, and that way, you know, you have a better chance of being safe. And that, that was it pretty much. And I appreciate the show. I really do like listening to you guys. And, uh, you know, everybody, please, you know, drive safe out there, you know, go home, be safe tonight. So thanks for taking my call. Thank you very much. That Danny, very that was just about perfect. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you calling in today. I like that he called the regular cars four-wheelers. <laughs> it kind of, you know, I had to click in there for a second what he's talking about. Um, but those were really, 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 really good tips. And I like that he said sweep left, sweep right. I like, because I'm always checking my mirrors, constantly checking my mirrors. And I notice people that don't do that. They do. You, you see them just looking forward, and they, they have no idea what's going on around them. So I like that. Those are good tips. Tips, really good tips. Well, let's talk about some blind spot monitoring technologies, uh, you know, other that things that help a driver. And I guess each motor company has its own approach to blind spots. Yeah, they are. Um, the auto manufacturers loosely have two types of blind spot monitoring technologies out there right now. They have the active and they have the passive. With active blind spot monitoring, the system uses some kind of electronic detection device mounted on the sides of the car. That can be like a radar sensors or something like that. Often in the vicinity of the external rear view mirrors or near the rear bumpers that sends out a radar or or image and then analyzes them. So some of them, they use the radar. Some of them use the imaging where it's the um, camera, like an actual camera. I think Tesla uses the cameras. Okay. We're we're well known for that. When one of the detectors notices something, the vehicle will tell you about it, usually by flashing a light in the driver's peripheral vision or by making a sound, often using both methods, depending on how likely it looks that you're going to steer the car into the other car. Um, so, you know, you get blinking, flashing, noises, sound. <laughs> you should, you can't miss that. I think it would get on my nerves if it blinks every time that you have someone in your blind spot. Because if you're traveling on a, on a road with, with cars all around you, it seems like you'd it would get be desensitized to it. Maybe desensitized to it. Yeah. I don't know if I would like that. Um, on some cars in the more advanced systems, the car will even try to steer itself back into the safety zone of its previous lane if you if it feels that you're driving into a car that's in the blind spot which uh, I don't know isn't that weird <laughs> and that's probably a good thing um, I probably trust electronics more than I do people when I sit down and actually think about it but then you think about cars like the 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 Chrysler Pacifica that that she had earlier talking about and you've got cars like that on the road that makes me nervous I think but um, the cars with better electrical systems, I, I do trust them more than the average person. Well, and I guess I'm lucky enough to not have a car that has a lot of these things. And yeah. hopefully by the time I get my my new car in 2030, <laughs> they'll have worked out a lot of the bugs. And, uh, and I mean, you know, maybe I'll feel safe using and everyone will be used to using this kind of technology. Hope so. That would be nice. You know, have it nice and worked out and where everyone likes it because we have had people call in the show complaining about it and we've, I think, I don't know if we've had anyone call in that really liked it. 
Um, I think we've had more more people complaining about their systems. The the passive method that they use on cars is having an extra mirror. Um, I haven't seen this myself, but oh, but. I, my dad was a big belief in this. You can get them; they either look oh, like a circle, with those, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, or a rectangle that you stick in the corner. Yeah, those are neat. I do like those. Yeah. You see those on big trucks and everything like right. that. I have to wonder why they're not made into cars automatically, but maybe this is what they're talking about. They're yep. putting them on new cars. Um, it says it will offer the alternative to put a special convex mirror in the corner of your current external rearview mirror that can see into areas where normal rearview mirrors cannot. Um, so maybe they are starting to put those. I'm kind of surprised that they haven't. There's quite a few things that I'm surprised they don't do on cars just in general, but um, <laughs> quite a few things. But this is one that it sounds like they're starting to do, which I love. I love that they're doing that. And if you don't have one, you can get one from an auto parts store. They have little selections of different sizes you can put on your car, and um, you just stick them on, and that's pretty neat. And those that's only like $15, $20. And that's a that's a a big safety thing. I would definitely do it if I had a teenager driving or a new car driver. I would most definitely do that on on a a car I had. All right. Let's excuse me. We've got a call. We are going to go to uh, Dimba. Who, Cinda. Cinda. Okay. Who, uh, Cinda from Walnut. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Hi. I have a Fiat 500 2014. I had a problem with the battery. It went completely dead. So I took it off, bought a new battery, took it back, put it back on, and now I have lights and radio, but the car won't start. Wow. Um, the battery stayed off for an extended period of time. Yep, I knew it. I just looked it up while you were talking. Uh, who makes Fiat these days? And guess who they're owned by? Chrysler. <laughs> Chrysler. Chrysler. <laughs> um, with that being said, whoever did the battery replacement on your car or diagnosed the problem, I would take it back to them. Have you talked with them? since having no. the problem? No. Was it a shop that you took it to? or It's in the shop right now. But it hasn't been repaired. Goodness. Is it at the Fiat dealership? No. Okay. You're at an independent shop? Yes. Okay. Hopefully they can work out that, that problem for you. Um, so I guess you're looking for some insight on what's going on there, and that's – that's some quick insight is that, unfortunately, Chrysler has their hands in Fiat right now, and it's affecting their electrical, apparently. But um, with that being said, I have no idea what it could be without looking into it further myself. I don't know if the security is set off on it or something like that. Sometimes when you replace Ooh. the battery, it'll, it'll keep the starter from engaging, where you have lights and other things, but your starter won't engage, so it won't let it turn on. And that that happens occasionally when you replace the battery on cars. It's the like it says it. I cannot remove the key. You can't remove it, the key. And it's in park, and it won't come out of park. Ooh. Wow. I, I have no idea on that. Um, you need someone good to look into that. Hopefully the independent shop can do it. Is this something they deal with regularly as Fiat vehicles? 
No. Then I would I would recommend maybe go ahead and towing it to someone who can uh, deal with a Fiat vehicle. Maybe someone that is familiar with import cars or an automotive electrical place. But I would call them ahead of time and talk to them about your problem and fill it out and see if you can find someone. If if you're at a shop that's not used to dealing with that, they might be they. They're probably trying to help you the best they can, but may not have the ability to do that and um, may be wasting time with it there. And so, yeah, I really don't know. I don't know if something, if you have to use the computer and go in, maybe the Fiat dealership has to fool with it, with the computers that they have, and go in and reset some things because it's, it's not a mechanical, this isn't a mechanical problem. This is some sort of electrical issue that's acting up on your vehicle. So... Um, that's that's what I recommend. You need to find a shop that's comfortable with dealing with it. Maybe call your lo- you don't have a local Fiat dealership there. I'm assuming. No. You got it in Jackson. No, I bought it in Memphis. In Memphis, oh goodness. Um, okay. Well, they uh, that's the only thing I can think of to do is to get to call around and find someone who's familiar with this problem and see okay. if there's something someone that is comfortable with working on a Fiat. That's most important because they are a foreign car, and they're kind of new to the American market, so not everyone works on them. Okay, thank you. Cinda, we hope that you will call us back and let us know because we're we're intrigued, and we wish you well with your luck. I would love to know what's going on with that. Okay, thank you. We need to take a break. We are taking your repair questions. We've been talking about blind spot warning systems this hour. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You could also send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. We'll talk about some in-the-news things. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. Now, if you've missed any of our program, remember you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady on mechanic, Allison Walker, who is ASC certified. Hey, January is Teen Driving Awareness Month. Oh, wow. So be aware of teen drivers. (laughs) (laughs) And here's something that was interesting. Amazon 
is planning to bring movies and videos to cars with Fire TV. Amazon says it wants to bring streaming and entertainment to cars. The same TV Fire streaming programming that you enjoy at home will come to future cars from BMW and... Fiat Chrysler, the company announced at the CES trade show in Las Vegas this week. Interesting. I don't want drivers watching Hunger Games or something while they're... I don't know. Is it any different than having to shuffle DVDs back in the day? Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Might be easier. uh, The North American International Auto Show is going on right now in Detroit. We have a call. Let's go to Timothy from Louisiana. Oh, thanks for joining us on AutoCorrect, Timothy. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Every, every time I think of Allison, I think of the engine. Of the what? The Allison engine. Oh, the Allison engine. Oh, yeah. Well, transmission. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful engine. I'm sure you're what engine are you talking about? Is this an industrial industrial engine? Aircraft and, and, and racing boat engine. Interesting, because I know of Allison transmissions, but not particularly Allison engines. Aircraft I imagine engines. it's the same company. Oh, yes. They make 12-cylinder Allisons. 12-cylinder. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm calling is the lady with a Fiat. You know, I yes. have a Scion, and I live miles and miles from any Scion dealership. My my local Toyota dealer tried to put talk me into a uh, timing belt change. I have a timing chain in this thing. Wow. So, um, you know, when you take it into the dealer, they don't necessarily know everything. No, they don't. They absolutely don't. That's right. I joined the Scion user group. Actually, I joined two different Scion user groups. The forums. This is the forums that Liz and I talk about. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're they're so helpful. They're so helpful. So I would advise her to go on and see if there's anybody else that has found, that has had her problem with her Fiat. To Google it, yeah. I have owned two Fiats. I had a 59600, 1959 600. Cool. Uh, D with a suicide door, you know? Yeah. In the front, you know? Yep. And I had a, a 1960 Multipla, which was the van. A tiny van. All the seats laid down in the, to make a band, you know? It was a great it was a great car to take to the drive in. Nice. <laughs> Thank you so much, Timothy. We we always appreciate you calling in. And yeah, the the Mazda forum or Honda. I own a Honda. The Honda forum is how I figured out the the trick on the windows rolling down mm-hmm. all the way with the the remote starter. So, thank you, you so much, Timothy. We appreciate you calling in. Um, we've we've done our blind spot mirrors. Let's go to this email that we got. Allison, you are a big believer in uh, getting your throttle body cleaned as part of preventive maintenance. This is from Renee. Renee says, I recently had some service done on my 2009 Mazda, about 105,000 mileage. They said I should have had the throttle body replaced at over $800. I've done a little research online and wanted your opinion on cleaning versus replacing. And is this a do-it-yourself? project for a fairly handy person. 
Hey, Renee. Um, so on that, I'd have to wonder, did you have a problem in the first place with your throttle body? It sounds like they're just coming up with something. It sounds like you went in for routine maintenance, and then they said you had a problem, a serious problem. That doesn't sound right to me. I would take it somewhere else and get it diagnosed if there is, if they said there's a problem, and see if you actually need a new throttle body. The chance of that is so very low. They do act up, but it's rare. It's rare. So that's the, I'd seriously doubt that's what's going on. Now, if they were recommending a throttle bottle intake, throttle body intake clean, it doesn't cost anywhere near $800, and you can do it yourself. Yes, if you're a handy person, you can do it easily yourself with the help of a, someone to hold the gas pedal. And you can do that for about $14, $15, and that's all it costs. Um, so then that's to clean it up and clean it out. If you're having a problem with your throttle body, um, which, like I said, would be rare, cleaning it would be the first step, I would think, to fixing any problems with it. And and it's only a $15 can of CRC intake cleaner, and that stuff works like magic. It's really, really good stuff. It Basically, that where your car breathes in, it gets stopped up like a ceiling fan, and all the intake insides of your car get dirty, and it cleans all that out. I like magic. <laughs> magic. This is going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our call screener today has been Jay White. I see Java's hanging out in our control booth. Michelle McAdoo has been our board engineer. So for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Instagram as Allison Walker or also as the Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy show, Kids and Teens, with Dr. Morgan McLeod. But we hope you'll join us next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 